Hello, I'm Hannah. And I'm Mike, a.k.a. Dad. And you're listening to Everything I Know, I Learned From Dad. In this podcast, my dad and I, and sometimes my sister Maddie, share our perspective on some of life's most valuable lessons. A lot of what my dad taught me didn't always make sense growing up, but today I attribute my successful transition to adulthood to his guidance, and we're here to share his wisdom with you. So, whether you're a young adult or a parent, we think you'll find value in our stories, and we're glad you're here. Here we are. Uh, We are in our next episode, part two of our Financial Literacy 101 series. And today we're going to talk about spending habits. So last episode, we talked a lot about budgeting and credit cards and credit score and how to keep track of all that. And in this episode, we're going to talk more about maybe ways to stick to that budget and how to look at money in a different way. And I know a lot of dads always tell their kids, money doesn't grow on trees. Uh, Our dad definitely said that, but another thing I think is important is that money also doesn't buy happiness. And so we're going to dive into this a little bit today. First, I want to think about two topics here that we'll talk through. The first is what to definitely spend money on (laughs) and what to think twice about. So let's start first with where to definitely spend money. And uh, Maddie, I know that you talk about this a little bit more with dad. Um, So Tell me what the story is that you want to tell here. People always try to figure out what's a what's something where you should spend a little extra to get higher quality versus it's okay to buy the cheaper version of this for X, Y, and Z. And dad always had told me, you know, he kind of spends money on things that are between him and the earth. I don't know what's the saying you use. I say where the rubber hits the road. And so that's tires, which are, you know, when you're in your car, it's between you and the earth. Your shoes. Literally, rubber hits yep. the road. <laughs> and then your, your shoes and your mattress, which is obviously at night between you and the earth. So those are the three big things I remember dad telling me, like, buy, spend the extra, get the quality, they'll last you, you know, for tires specifically, it's your safety, things like that are definitely worth the extra. Yeah, I mean, a mattress, you spend a third of your life on your mattress. So make it and what good- it. And what's the life of a mattress? They say like 10 years or something. Yeah, I think that I think it depends on the quality of the mattress you buy. There um, you go. To be honest, but probably. In fact, mom just brought that up. She's asking how long we had our mattress. It might be time. <laughs> <laughs> there are some other really gross facts we could go into there, but we're not going to do that. Tell us more, Dad, about why has this been your guiding light here? You spending money where rubber hits the road. Like, where did that come from? I'm not exactly sure where it came from, but I, I do think that there are you know, we talked about the, the tires. It's a safety issue. It can be a noise issue. It can be a longevity issue. And by the way, longevity, that's a, that's a big one. You know, he used to, I still do listen to this show on NPR called Car Talk and these two guys, Click and Clack, the Taffet Brothers. And they, they had uh, a saying, it says, it's the stingiest person who spends the most. And it's usually around the question of, should I do this to my car? Should I get this fixed or should I not? Or should, can I get a cheap way out of this? And Inevitably, the people who take the cheap way out find themselves either having to do it again or it wasn't done properly and something else goes wrong. 
So there's a time and a place where you just, you just spend the money to do things right. And um, I think a mattress, you know, where you spend a third of your life, your shoes, where the way you treat your feet can have a lot of impact <laughs> on your health and your comfort. So just don't, don't skimp on these things, tires again. I just think those things are really important. Yeah. And there was another lesson I think that you've mentioned before that it took you a while to learn. And that is that money spent on experiences is always worth it. Right. Well, assuming the experience is one that you get joy from, I, <laughs> you know, here I am now where I'm in my mid fifties and we got a house full of stuff <laughs> that we've accumulated over time. And on reflection, a lot of it we probably shouldn't have acquired in the first place. And the things that we get joy from today are much more about experience than they are about things. And so I think it's important for people to, you know, there, there's often a um, buyer's remorse with things. You buy something because you actually have to have it. And lo and behold, a few months later, it's collecting dust or it didn't meet your expectations. And um, it's just a thing. And that's and, where Marie Kondo comes in does this thing give me joy? Exactly. <laughs> and if not, it goes to someone else. And so what are maybe some experiences, like let's talk maybe through some examples of what experiences that maybe we've spent money on that have been lasting memories. I mean, for me, every time I go to Disney World, like that is money well spent, <laughs> right? And that that's some serious money too. That's not an inexpensive vacation. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, for me, I also, to me, like I've been my pirate life coach the last couple of years. And to me, that's money well spent on experiences as well. Mm -hmm. I know you, mom and dad, go to a lot of music related yeah. festivals. Yeah, it's interesting. We were just having a conversation about the fact that, you know, here we are in this COVID world where we can't go to concerts and we can't enjoy, you know, we do a lot of outdoor in the spring and summer, do a lot of outdoor music activities. And, um, I was just reflecting on the fact that, well, unfortunately we can't do it now, but we never wasted an opportunity to do it before. And so I have no regrets. And so I, I think that's, you know, another way to think about things. Don't, don't, don't have regrets about missed opportunities when it comes to experiences. Same thing could be said for souvenirs <laughs> that you would acquire during some of those said experiences. <laughs> so Is there a story you'd like to tell here, Maddie? Um, yeah, sure. So, um, a few years back, Hannah and I um, went to Disney World, and I was at a time in my life where I was save, 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 save. I had a hard time spending money, and I had a lot of buyer's remorse, even on the $5 things I would buy. And so Hannah and I went to Disney World, and I had a hard time to begin with because the trip is so expensive. So we had picked one day where we were going to stay in the park until they closed at midnight. We were going to see the fireworks, and then during the day that day we also decided we were going to grab our souvenirs and at some point in the middle of the day we went to one of the shops and i saw this tinkerbell mug and tinkerbell is my all-time favorite disney cartoon character and i have a lot of tinkerbell knickknacks and so i had seen this mug and of course in disney world i said this is too expensive for a mug like why would i spend this on a mug i don't need it and it was the middle of the day, so I said, okay, well, I'll think about it, and maybe we can grab it on the way out of the park um, at night. And so we kind of thought about it. We had the rest of our day in the park. And then that night, I was like, well, let me go look at it again. So we're on the way out of the park, and we go to one of the shops down Main Street, and I can't find the mug. 
and I had found someone in the store and I was explaining the mug to her. She was trying to help me find it, <laughs> couldn't find it. And it that was the moment where I was like, wow, should have bought the mug earlier. And so I was like, let's just go. I'm done with this. Let's leave. So we left. And of course, the rest of the trip and the whole way home and weeks after the trip, I and couldn't years stop, later, <laughs> could not stop talking about the, the stinking Tinkerbell mug that I didn't buy. Then that year for the holidays, my dad tried to find that mug online and he got me, I don't know if it was the exact one. I don't think I ever found that exact one ever again, but he got me a mug and, and now we have this saying in our house, whenever I go places like buy the mug, don't forget to buy the mug. <laughs> That's specifically something that you thought about time and time and time again. It wasn't really maybe what we would call an impulse buy, which we could talk about a little bit later um, in this episode, but it was something that like would have been, it's a, it's a lasting memory type thing. And it would have added to your Tinkerbell collection that already existed, which, you know, maybe it would have, would have been worth the, the $20 then and there. And if maybe I had bought that mug in the first place, I would no longer be buying them today. And I would just have the one, but instead maybe. I now have three or four that I probably don't need. You're overcompensating. Huh? Yes. Oh, it's such a funny story. It's like a joke in the household. I love it. So in addition to experiences and the mugs, um, there's one thing that I think is so funny. Fun fact, my parents' washer and dryer is older than I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder if they don't make them like they used to, or if that was something that you just spent more money on 30 years ago and it just happened to last. Like, how can we apply this idea of like spending money on household appliances or like what, what, what is the, the secret there? Well, I do think there's something about the fact they don't make them like they used to. I don't think we went overboard when we bought them originally, but they are over 30 years old. And so the thing is that if something goes wrong with them, we don't throw them away and buy new ones. We fix the ones we have. And I think that's a bit counter to what younger folks today have grown up with because younger folks today have grown up with the, you know, the iPhone that you replace and the uh, whatever. There's a lot of gadgets that are computer oriented that simply are not repairable. And you just kind of, toss it and get another one. But I think it's dangerous to apply that to so many other things in life, right? Cars can be fixed, appliances can be fixed. So I, I, I personally get satisfaction out of doing some of these repairs myself. So I, I enjoy the idea that we recently had a problem with our dryer, right? The timer on the dryer failed. And actually the dryer is so old that the only place I could buy the part, it was one guy on eBay who had the part. Um, <laughs> and when I got the part, it was clearly 30 year old sitting on a shelf for 30 years. But, uh, you know, for 40 bucks, I fixed the dryer. I'm hoping for another five good years before we have to do another repair. So. Oh my gosh, that's the funniest thing to me. And it's it's a flip of the don't fix what ain't broke, but if it's broken, fix it, don't replace it. <laughs> which, which you know- and People get into that with cars a lot, you know? Oh, it's gonna cost me X hundreds. Should I just replace it? Chances are the answer is no. <laughs> Unless your car is really old and rusting away. If you if the car suits your needs, chances are you're better off fixing it. Yeah. Is there anything else that we may have missed when we think about things to definitely spend money on and maybe not think twice about? I'm not sure there's anything you shouldn't think twice about, to be honest. 
I mean, you know, growing up, I and and to this day, quite frankly, I tend to do a lot of research on major purchases, and I tend to go overboard with the research, and I I sleep on it, right? I I never make a big purchase on impulse. I'm always making sure that I'm getting the best for what I'm looking for in terms of quality and value. And I will let that often sink in for many days or weeks. You know, I don't remember, I'm not a big Star Trek person, but there was a, a reference in Star Trek. I think it was, um, uh, anyway, there was an acknowledgement that it's sort of human nature to, to almost get more pleasure out of wanting something than having something. And so there is a certain pleasure of anticipating something either either experience or, or purchase and again that goes back to a lot of people ending up having buyer's remorse i'm very careful about big purchases and i i rarely have buyer's remorse because i'm so careful and i and i ponder it for so long now might we call that willpower or is that something else no, i think that's something else that i think willpower often i mean it could be related to willpower i think willpower in a lot of cases tends to be more of those impulse things that aren't necessarily really expensive. I think you could almost make the case for the the daily trip to Starbucks as maybe even a, a lot of people don't give it much thought. And so it becomes just habit. But if someone said to you, you know, convinced you that you shouldn't do it, you know, do you have the will not to go? Mm, yeah, absolutely. And that's something that is definitely not to spend money on. You know, we talked last episode about how that $3 a day coffee can add up to $750 a year. And honestly, $3 is kind of undershooting it. Most Starbucks drinks are like $425, $5. So it's even more than we think and give it credit for. But on the list of things not to spend money on is also those impulse buys. The idea of sleeping on it for a couple of days. And if you're still thinking about it, then absolutely make the purchase because it's something you're thinking about. And I, another thing about impulse buys, I used, I used to work in retail. I had a retail job when I was in college and most retail stores have these shelves or towers near the register while you're waiting in line that they actually call impulse towers. <laughs> it's literally what they call it because while you're sitting standing in line and you're waiting for your turn at the register, these little trinkets that are, you know, $3.99, $5.99 are impulse buys. You're literally there making a last minute decision before you go up to the register. And there are so many stores that are playing that trick on you. <laughs> the best and ones are TJ Maxx. Their impulse towers <laughs> at the registers. It's a long line of it's impulse It's a whole line buys. of them. Yeah. I'll give you another example. And it, it's not about a store, a physical store. It's about something like Amazon, where First of all, because it is so easy, you can think of something, like just think of something, go to your laptop, hit a button, and it's gonna be there the next day. And so almost anything you can buy on Amazon could be arguably an impulse buy. And not only that, but once you show an interest in something, what does Amazon do? They say, oh, well, people who buy this typically buy this, <laughs> right? And so all of a sudden they're throwing more ideas at you and more impulse ideas. One of the things I do with Amazon is I will, if I have one of these impulses to buy something, I will go on Amazon and I will put it in my cart and then I will immediately put it in the save for later section of my cart. And again, I'll think about it. Um, I might look at other options or I might just forget about, forget about it altogether because I, I can go into my saved for later section of my cart and find things that I thought I was gonna buy, but because I took the time to ponder it and sleep on it, 
I realized I didn't really need it. And so those things never got purchased. Yeah, that's a that's a cool little trick. Or you put something in your cart and you walk away for a few days and then Amazon says, hey, there was a price drop on this item. And then they're getting you to go back in there and buy that thing. Mm-hmm. It is crazy how manipulative that world is. And we could have a whole episode around that and maybe we will. Um, but I think another thing that, and Maddie, this is something that I think you do really well, is always preparing for the on the go. Like how many impulse purchases do you make while you're out and about and you say, wow, I'm thirstier. Wow, I'm hungry. For me, I did a, I spent a, like a whole day in Boston doing this whole walk around. I forget the exact reason of it, but it was in the middle of the winter and I had to stop at a CVS and buy myself chapstick because my lips were so chapped. And that was like, an impulse purchase that I didn't prepare for, even though I had tons of chapstick back at home. Uh, So yeah, Maddie, you're good at this. I mean, every time I go places, even if it's just to go to the store, like I go to Target and for me, Target is half the day because I love Target, but (laughs) I always pack a snack. I always bring a water bottle or um, plan in advance for what I'm gonna be eating or drinking. Those are the biggest things I find my boyfriend loves to buy, you know, the candy bar at the, at the checkout or the vitamin water at the, you know, while he's waiting in line. And I makes me so mad because I said, we have water in the car. Like I brought a granola bar and he's like, well, I don't want the granola bar. I said, I don't like the point (laughs) is not to buy those things at the register because those individually packaged items are more expensive than box of a dozen to begin with. And then you're spending even more. So I always plan in advance for stuff like that another impulse tower right there at the grocery store checkout. And I think uh, a mistake that a lot of people make too is going to the grocery store hungry (laughs) because then you're going to end up spending more money than you had anticipated. I would argue, by the way, that you should always go with a list. Oh, absolutely. Because it can go both ways. You can end up buying stuff you really didn't need, but you can also forget something and then you have to go back and all you're doing is wasting time and money and energy for the second trip. So we've, we've definitely gotten a little off on, on a tangent here, but I think sort of at a high level, some of these ideas are going to help you stick to a budget that you may have laid out. You know, when you think about the spreadsheet that we talked about last episode that lays out every single thing you have to spend money on or looking at the things you do spend money on, this is where the willpower, the lack of impulse is how to, is one of the ways to get to sticking to a budget. And is there any other advice you want to share there, Dad, around sticking to the budget you've actually laid out? So I think we didn't probably give it enough attention, but I, this idea of writing a budget is just the first step in the process. You really do have to manage to the budget. There's this uh, circular concept called Plan, Do, Check, Act, PDCA where the budget is really the plan, right? And then the do is you go out and you spend money, but then you have to come back and you have to check to see if I spent the money that I thought I was gonna spend and then act, meaning you're gonna have to make adjustments to either spend less or increase your budget for certain items. And it becomes a very circular process. And so you can't just write the budget. You have to constantly like on a regular basis, go back and look and say, did I follow the budget? And if not, what adjustments do we have to make? And that's what makes it work. You know, as we wrap up this discussion around money doesn't buy happiness, I, I, I will say that money can create stress for a lot of people when they don't have enough. And so I think taking these things 
incorporating these things into your life, like budgeting and not doing impulse buys and all these things, they can make you feel as though you, they can get you to a point where you actually feel that you have enough money and they can take a lot of stress out of your life. And uh, I would argue that that would increase your happiness. And that reminds me actually of a study that I've read is that there's sort of an earning threshold where earning more does not necessarily make life easier, better, or happier. And I believe the study says it's around 75 to 80 K a year where whether you make more, it's not going to change how happy you are in life. Yeah. I think it's important if, if you are so lucky as to have a household income that does reach that level or beyond that you don't allow your lifestyle to follow the money <laughs> and so that you're always chasing you're in this endless loop of of not having enough money right so take to heart the things we've talked about and when you make more money that means you can save more money and not spend it all it's as simple as that we hope you enjoyed this episode of everything i know i learned from dad Please show your support for our podcast by dropping a review, subscribing to the show, and sharing it with others. We also invite you to email us questions you'd like to see answered in a future episode or share something valuable you learned from your dad. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.